Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Anyway, it's been a great weekend. It's been a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, yesterday was the Ability Tree 5K. How many of you got a chance to go to that? Come on, it was awesome. I think we got a little video clip. Dustin, can you, uh, is that, is that good? We good? Can you run that video clip? Here we go. awesome. It was a great time. It was a short little video. It was awesome. Uh, let me tell you, they did a f- phenomenal job. This was the first time they've ever had a, a 5K, the Ability Tree team, and I just want to say awesome job. Well done to the, Life Tree, to the uh, Ability Tree team. Um, if you're a team member, if you're, if you're on the Ability Tree team and you were part of that, would you stand up? Everybody was here. We, you stood up last week too, but stand up again. Come on. Listen, you did a fantastic job yesterday. It was awesome. Um, and if you ran yesterday, if you ran, stand up. Anybody run yesterday? Anybody? Come on. If you ran, if you ran, stand up. Come on. Yeah, Eric, come on. Get up, Eric. I saw him sprinting. He was trying to outrun. He was trying to outrun Megan at the end. Another lady. And I was like, seriously? He's like, I'm not letting a girl beat me. I mean, he was flying. I will say that my 10-year-old son beat him by 10 minutes. But he completed the run. He did the run. I give him all the credit because I was just eating a pretzel. I did not run at all. So it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. A uh, really great day. It was a lot of fun, a lot of energy. Just great to see uh, what was going on. I think we got a picture there from the uh, from the 5K, um, and uh, it was it was really fun. Can you you got that, Dustin? First slide. Yep. You can put that one up there. I don't know if we got a picture. There we go. It was an absolutely awesome day. I love this picture. It captures the day very much, um, and it was great to see the community come together, and just to be able to tell families who are you know, impacted by disabilities that listen, we see you. Right? We're with you. We're here to support you and encourage you. And we know you're tired and we know you're giving it your best. And we just want to say we love you and we're with you. Um, that's what a real community is. Right? That's what community does. Uh, there are many times that love like that is on display in our lives. And it was awesome. It really was just incredible to be part of that and to see that. And then there's other days. Like yesterday was one of those feel-good days. Right? And then there's other days. Um, there's far too much hostility in our world right now. Like, you just read the newspaper or your homepage, whatever your homepage for news is. Um, in our country, there is a lot of people hurting, and no one seems the answer to know how to fix it. Nobody seems to know how to fix it. Um, but um, not to brag or boast, but I think I have an answer. I do. I think I have an answer, and I'm absolutely serious, and I'm convinced that I have the solution for our hurting world. Um, I really do. Um, and wouldn't you love to know what it is? <laughs> like, wouldn't you love to know what will bring healing to our political systems? How many would sign up if I said I could tell you what's going to bring healing to our political systems? Would you be up for that? Would you be inter- interested, at least in an, like an informational meeting? Like you go to like, you know, the, uh, the timeshare presentation, at least. It's a free luncheon. Would you, would you sit through that? Um, yeah, how much would you pay to know what would put an end to the violence and hate that fills every day of our country's life, 
Like, how much would you pay for that? Well, I'm going to give it to you for free today. Uh, you see what I did there? It's going to be good. Um, so will you read this with me today? Um, always we're going to go through this. Would you read this with me today? And let's just say it together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Come on, that's good. That is really, really good. Good stuff. Would you pray with me this morning before we get into it? Holy Spirit, today, I ask that you would teach us a better way. Holy Spirit, would you show us your perfect solution to the problems that we face in every single day in our world? Help us to see the solutions for the needs around us. Teach us something new today. Open our eyes. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So each week... We have been focusing on the Apostles' Creed, which is what we just read. Uh, we've got resources for you on our, our X-Factor table out there. You can get a magnet, put it on your fridge, and read it every day. That's what we're encouraging you to do. Just continue to meditate on it and reflect on it and read it through each day. And we've so far talked about God the Father. We talked about Christ the Son. Last week, Pastor Andre brought in a tremendous message on the Holy Spirit. If you missed it, go listen. It was fantastic. And today... We're going to look at what we mean when we say we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Again, loaded words. What do those mean? We're going to look at that today. And so I want to start by defining the words themselves. I want to look at the words. So we're going to start with the word holy. We're going to start with the word holy. Now, growing up, my mom is here. She can attest. We had regular plates for dinner time, right? Yeah, regular plates. We have plates that we would use every night for dinner, right? Regular, you know, silverware, things like that, cups. You, most nights you would find them on the table, okay? You'd pull out the stuff and it'd be on the table, set the table, everybody set the table. You know, whose job was it to set the table? You come out, you know, you set them all up, cups, plates, you know, we had five of us, so five cups, five, you know, got the whole deal. You, you understand. But every once in a while, my mom would bust out the china, okay? And you knew that's something, the China, that's not the China. That's the normal stuff. That's the fine China, right? Look at the butter. Oh, man. And she would bust out like the nice stuff, right? Now, that's not actually our China, but it was fancy. And you knew that if it was the China, that something special was going to be there. Something, something was happening or somebody was going to be there. You know, it was Christmas or Easter or Thanksgiving, right? And they had a special China cabinet where we kept the China. Like, we don't really have those anymore. We have one. We're trying to get rid of one. If anybody wants one, let us know. We'll sell it to you. Um, it was Anna's grandmother's. Um, but the silverware was legitimately silver. And it came in a wooden box with, like, form-fitted little holders and, you know, inlaid with velvet. You put, you know, you put the things down. And you guys know what I'm talking about. You didn't, you didn't wash them in the dishwasher because it was real silver. And you did it by hand, right? And, and the crystal glasses we used... They were nothing like the New York Giants cups that we were collecting from the gas station. And you, like some of you know what I'm talking about. The younger ones have no idea what I'm talking about. We were collecting cups. Come on, anybody remember that? Right? From like mobile. Right? We were getting cups from mobile. And this was like, oh, we got more Giants cups. This is great. 
But the China, the China was different because the China was holy. It was sacred. It was special. It was not for ordinary use. It, when it came out, it was like a flashing neon sign that something special was going down. See, holy things are not normal things. Holy is sacred and it's set apart. Holy things have a special purpose unlike anything else. They stand out. The Old Testament law is filled with pages. You could read through it. Pages and pages devoted to the painstaking process of making something holy. Of what it would take to make something or somebody holy. Law upon law upon regulation and stipulation and requirement and all these different stages is filled with things of what something had to do to be qualified as holy. Our cultural expressions have compromised our understanding of the word holy. We call far too many things holy, which are a far cry from it. We have holy cows. Scooter, risotto, holy cow. We have holy moles, whatever those are. Uh, holy, you name it, you know, you can fill in the blank, right? We put holy in just in front of so many other things. And I tell you, I think really holy things are probably a lot more than we understand. We call far too much holy because let me tell you, um, God is holy. God himself, he is completely and entirely sacred and set apart. He is anything but normal. He is wrapped in light and he speaks in thunder. Jesus presented the church to God as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. And he said the church will be holy and without fault. The church is set apart. It's sacred. It's special. It's different. Jesus told Peter, and now I say to you, Peter, your name, which was Simon, says now you will be called the rock. He says, and upon this rock, you, upon people, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. See, the church is powerful. It's different. It's special. It's more powerful than any enemy. It's unstoppable. And God builds it. I will build my church, which is unstoppable. And it's holy. It's sacred. It's special. The church is God's masterpiece. The sacred, holy mission of the church is to display the wisdom of God in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and forces in our world. The church shows everyone everywhere the wisdom and goodness of God. Matthew, Jesus said very clearly, you are the light of the world, like a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. The church has a holy and sacred and special purpose. We are set apart. We are not normal. There's something different and special about the church. There's a special purpose to be a light to the world. God says uniquely, when you come together, you will shine to the world who I am. The world will see God through us. It's not a giant's cup from a gas station. You are fine china. You are special. You are different. You are the church and you are holy. I believe in the holy Catholic church. But I also believe in the holy Catholic church. Catholic, what is that word? We use that word. Again, lots of connotations with that word. We need to make sure that we distinguish big C from little C Catholic. Capital C Catholic is the denomination that you know. It's the, the tradition known as the Catholic Church. What we're talking about is the lowercase c, the, the Holy Catholic Church. The word Catholic comes from the Greek, Andy. Here we go. Catholicos, two words. Kata meaning each, or according to, or through, or by, or away. It's through, this, this word kata. Right? And holos, holistic, whole, meaning whole, means throughout the whole. So they have through the whole thing. 
Catholic, it means the entirety of it. Together as one, God has one church. The Catholic church means the one church. The the whole church. The whole part of it. The one that all together, whole, all together, all of this sums up to become the church. I love bread. How many are with me? Do you like bread? Okay, come on. If you don't like bread, we need to pray for you. If you don't like bread, seriously, put it on your connection card. I will start praying. If you're gluten intolerant, I'm so sorry. I tried it for a little while. The gluten, oh, I don't know what gluten is, according to John Panette, but it must be delicious. Every time you take it out of something, it's terrible. If you put yeast in dough, right, just a little bit of yeast in dough, it permeates all of it. Right? We know this. You put a little bit of yeast and it permeates the whole thing. You can't, it's unavoidable. It's contagious. It just contaminates the whole thing. There are many different types of bread. Let's talk about it. There's Italian bread. Oh, there's French bread. Pumpernickel. Rye. Sourdough. Potato bread. There's cardboard. I'm sorry. There's wheat bread. Okay. Um, there's rolls. There's bagels and puff pastries and scones. Oh my. There's donuts. And sweetbreads, and I can keep going. Should I stop? No, probably, but we don't have enough time because there's a wedding. But let me tell you, there are so many types of bread. You can go to Dolce and Clemente's and get just the bread. Oh, I remember as I, as one of my earliest memories was my dad would go down to a bakery at the end of the street. Was it, I don't know, what was it Augie's? What was it called? Ricky's. Ricky's Bakery. And he put me a little on his bike and he'd ride down and he'd like the car seat carrier on the back of bikes, you know, for little kids. And he'd sit in the back and he'd buy an Italian loaf. You know, a bread, fresh bread would come home, and he'd give it to me to hold on the way home. By the time we got hold, the whole end was gnawed off. Oh, just something about the crunch of the outside and the soft inside. Bread is so good. All right, you all are like, okay, we're going to have to have bread today, I'm telling you. But there's so many types of bread. We can argue about what kind is better, but there's so many types of bread. But they all have yeast within the dough. It's what makes it bread. It's what makes it rise. It's the same with the church. There's so many different types of church, but the Spirit of God is the yeast. It's what makes it qualified to be called bread. It's what makes it qualified to be called the church. If God is in it, that's the church. It's what makes the difference between bread and matzah. God fills each true church with His activating presence. If a church does not have the presence of God, it's an imposter. It's a tortilla in the bread aisle. It's not really bread. I'm telling you. God is the agent of change, the catalyst, the power, and the glory. He is what makes the church holy. The church is called holy because it's Catholic, because God is in it. Because God is in it, and He's there, and He's dynamic, and if God is in it, it's a church. This should be simple. It should be really, really simple. God has many varieties of churches that honor and welcome His presence, and each of them come together to form the holy Catholic church. It's all of us together. If God's presence is there, we're all in the same thing. But this is so complicated for people. We get so hung up because some of us are like, no, Italian bread is better. It's the best. And all the other breads are not true bread. And we say things like that. Our denomination is the best and others are lesser. The difference that should make the world so drawn to the life of the church, those differences, those things that make us unique, those things that make each church so special. I had somebody ask me at the race yesterday, why do you have so many different churches? Why don't you just join and become one? Because listen, if all we had was Italian bread, nobody would ever have a baguette. 
Some people just like those things. Listen, we're all one church. There's just, it's like Skittles, taste the rainbow. There's so many different flavors. What should make people so drawn to us can become the source of so much hostility and division. Very simply, this should not be so. Mark chapter 9, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. He didn't go to our church. He didn't wear what we wear. He didn't read the same translation we read. They don't, they don't, they don't even worship on the same day that we worship. And Jesus says, what is wrong with you? Don't stop him. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. Let me tell you, we got a team. We got an army. We have the whole of the church that we stand with. Corinthians says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the let there be no divisions in the church, not just some, not just a little bit. Argue just about those little things because they really do matter. They are bigger than no. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. Very clearly today, unity needs to be the defining characteristic of the church. Unity. In our variety, let there be unity. Listen, I don't, I started a church, we planted a church, and this is the way it looks because for a reason we like this style. This is the kind of bread I like. But there are other types of bread that are amazing, that have the yeast of the Spirit of God in them. It's the church, the whole church. There is no room for, for division. Jesus himself said, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A family splintered by feuding will fall apart. I got this from Romans chapter 14. It's in the message translation, which is a little more of a common language. And I always want to read it for you if you'll indulge me. Would you let me just read this to you? I think it's too good. I couldn't say it any better. So I'm going to read this translation from Romans of what Paul says. And he says this, welcome with open arms. Fellow believers who don't see things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems that they are strong on opinions but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. For instance, a person who has been around for a while might be well convinced that he can eat anything on the table. While another, with a different background, might assume he should be only a vegetarian and eat accordingly. But since both are guests at Christ's table, I love that, both are guests at Christ's table, wouldn't it be terribly rude if they fell to criticizing what the other ate or didn't eat? God, after all, invited both of them to the table. Do you have any business crossing people off the guest list or interfering with God's welcome? If there are corrections to be made or manners to be learned, God can handle that without your help. Mic drop, Paul. Do it. Walk away. I always come back to Billy Graham's wisdom on this. It's God's job to judge. It's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. And it's my job to love. Don't get those out of order. You are not God. You are not the Holy Spirit. The Catholic Church is any church filled with the presence of God. And people welcome him. And my job is to work to be one with them. And let me tell you, it's work. It is work to be one with people from different traditions. 
it can be hard to overcome differences because pride and ego get in the way all the time. Our way is better. That's why we live this way. Our style, our, our bread is the best bread. And God has told us that the way we love each other is the real measure of our character as a church. The way you love each other is what makes the difference. It's easy to say we believe in one church. It's really easy to say that, oh, God's got one church. It's incredibly difficult to live it out. Very hard to live that out, which is what makes the last word here so critical. I believe in the holy Catholic church. Church is people. We know this. We do not believe in an institution. We do not believe in a brand. We do not believe in a business. When I say I believe in the holy Catholic church, what I'm saying is I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in this. What I'm saying is that you are holy and that you are set apart, that you are sacred and that you are special and that you are God's agent of change in this world, that you have a purpose to be here and that all of you are on my team, that we all work together. That's what we're saying here. I believe in us. I believe that God in all his unending wisdom knew what he was doing when he chose to speak the church into existence. That we are not like anything or anyone anywhere else. That the church is holy. It means you are holy. That the church is set apart and sacred. And that we work better together when we all come together with all our varieties and we stop criticizing each other and we just love each other and make room for each other with all our differences. I guarantee you I could pull everybody in this room and everybody's going to have a different opinion on something. There's not two people in this room that agree entirely on anything. But the church means there's yeast inside of us of the Spirit of God. And that if we're together, that we are holy and sacred and set apart and that we are God's plan for reaching this world. That we are the hope of the world. It's not any institution. It's not any government. It's us. It's the church. I believe in the church. I believe in us. And we have to work for it. And when we do, oh, it's good. See, because when we work together, when you and I bring what we have to the table and we work together, Not even the gates of hell can stop us. Come on. Not even the gates of hell will stand. I believe in the holy Catholic church. That's what we mean when we say that. So what? Years ago, I heard somebody say something that absolutely knocked the wind out of me. I was at a minister's get-together and there was somebody speaking. That's what ministers do. They get together and somebody talks. I heard somebody ask this question, and it just was a gut punch. He said, do you really love the church? Because Jesus does. Listen, I believed in the church. I believe in the church. And if you want all honesty, I did not love the church. People bothered me. They're wishy-washy. They're hypocritical. They talk the talk and rarely walk the walk. And those are just the people I was seeing in the mirror. (laughs) I did not love the church. It annoyed me, and I was a critic. I was a pastor, and I'm a critic. 
I could tell you expertly everything that was wrong with the church because I had studied church and I knew. And let me tell you, I could point out every inaccuracy, everything wrong, everything that was off and askew. I was a critic of the church. I believe the church should have been something so much better. And my response was to get annoyed at it when it fell short. To get irritated. To just point fingers and say, I know better, I know better, I know better. Pride, ego, all of these things. And then I heard that question, do you love the church? Because Jesus does. And the Holy Spirit convicted me so hard. Can I just pause for a minute and say conviction is a good thing? Conviction isn't, isn't meant to drive us away. It's what keeps us from staying in places we shouldn't be. When you have conviction, you respond to it and it, adds, it makes you change for the better. And I ask God to forgive me. I ask God to help me. Because honestly, I couldn't manufacture love for people that annoyed me. It's one thing to believe in the holy, special, Catholic, unified church. It's something else entirely to love it. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would be only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge... If I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. See, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstances. Next week, we'll be celebrating eight years of Life Tree Community Church. It's our birthday. Make, make plans to come join us after, afterwards for lunch. We're going to Taco Rito. It's going to be an awesome time. We're going to have a party over there. So I invite you next week. Don't make lunch plans. Come with us and come hang out and celebrate. It's going to be a great time. When we started Life Tree, my vision, what God put in my heart, was to create a church that was real. It was really, honestly, genuinely a church. Willing to do whatever it took to follow God. And we knew that was going to be hard. We knew it was going to require sacrifice, and we knew not everybody would like it. Not everybody was going to be willing to go with us on that kind of a mission, to live out and flesh out what we really thought the church was supposed to be. It's messy, challenging, and we also believed it would be worth every ounce of the pain. We believed in the church back then. Can I tell you that today we still do? We believe that together we are the solution we are God's solution for every family in this community. That the church is God's solution. And not just our church, the church. Okay, I want to make sure we, 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 we are clear. It said, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Not a Holy Catholic Church, but the, because there's one. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's King's Cross or us or Calvary Chapel or 217 or any other church in the area. It doesn't matter. I believe that the church is the solution for every family in this community. I believe that it's the solution for every addict, for everyone who's hurting, for every need. That we believe that we are the church. And we're just going to keep on taking background from the enemy, reclaiming brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. That's what we do. We go into the enemy's territory and we take back what is rightfully God's because that's what the church is, because the church is the solution for the world. 
invite Nikki up. We're going to close. Nothing can stand in the way of the love of God on the move. Nothing can stand in the way of God's love on the move. That's why we believe in the Holy Catholic Church. That's why we believe in this. I believe in the potential of what God has put inside of each of us. So I just want to encourage you today. Ask yourself this. Do I believe that? Do I really believe in the holiness of the church? Do I really believe in the unity of the church? Do I really believe that I am the church? Then ask yourself that final really hard question, and do I love the church? Do I love it? Or do I just believe it, but i just not patient enough to see it happen? Because if we will love it, if we will love the church, we can take what we believe is possible and actually live it out. The only way we can live out what the church can be is if we love it. Because it's going to be messy and there's going to need forgiveness. And we're going to need forgiveness. But if we will love it, then there's nothing we cannot do together. Let's take a minute and pray. Heavenly Father, your love for us is bigger than we know. And your plans and your purpose for us is grander than we could even imagine. It's not about making us feel better about ourselves, Lord. It's, to, it's about responsibility. It's about accepting the fact that you have not just put us here to exist or just to make it through our lives for ourselves, but we are here to make a difference in those who have yet to know you. The church exists for the benefit of those outside its walls. But we're here to be a light set on a hill for the world to see. If we keep focusing on our differences, if we get hung up on little things, Lord, our light dims. But I want to be a raging inferno of fire seen all over the planet. Would you help us to truly live out love, unity, purpose? Lord, the church was your idea. You created it. Help us to be it in all that you intended it to be. May we each do our part, because that's what it takes, each of us doing our part to be the church. Thank you for believing in us that we could do this. Help us to collectively step up to the plate and be that church that you intended. You are good. In your name we pray. Amen. We're just going to play. We're going to close in just a moment. But if you take out your connection card, there's a spot on there for you to make a response, to consider what your part needs to be. Would you just let God speak to you just for a few moments before we run out and clear out of this place so they can have a wedding? You just take a minute. Let God maybe speak to you in this quietness just for a few moments. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.